of a war we ain't asked Transgression for. of progression of a war we ain't asked for. This madness, yo. All the things that we could talk about. Call it. But let's talk about these urban circumstances real quick. And basically, it's the... And, um... We got this. So... Revolution. Muhammad is the fame's name. Forever stand. Standing on royal, fusing of justice for the few, ridiculed by the pale terrorists, bent on genocidal obsession, rooted in fear of neglection and abandonment, fueled by nightmares of ancestors. Truth, because at the end of the day, I still want to be able to, to, I don't dislike George Washington. I don't friends I think like, our friends should be like my friends. Advice. My friends are the kind of friends I think everyone needs. My friends see the things at times I don't see. My friends hate the police. child trying to see you, you gonna look, you gonna pick up that book, Lord keep me far from the space, guide me through night and day, teach me your way, show me the righteous way to sway, Lord can you teach me please, show me the way, I'd say. Grand Risings, and welcome back to the Urban Conservative with Chaz Neal. We're excited to have you join us on this journey of thoughtful discourse and community engagement. The Urban Conservative is proudly sponsored. 
by the Leon Black Network, an organization committed to promoting transparency, truth, and accountability in our media landscape. Here at the Urban Conservative, our mission remains steadfast to bring you the latest news directly from the streets, addressing critical topics such as gun violence, crime, politics, and perhaps most importantly, exploring solutions to the profound challenges our communities face. As we embark on this third season, the focus is clear. It's time to actively contribute to the transformation of our communities for the better. How can we achieve this? The answer lies in a multifaceted approach that starts with our reconnecting with our core family values. Strengthening our sense of community is paramount, fostering bonds that transcend the barriers that often divide us. Moreover, it involves embracing our foundational roots, recognizing the historical and cultural threads that weave through the fabric of our society. So join us on this journey as we explore not only the challenges, but also the opportunities for growth and progress. Together, let's turn our shared vision for stronger, safer, and more connected communities into a reality. Thank you for being a part of the Urban Conservative with Chaz Neal, a platform dedicated to fostering change and making a positive impact on the world around us. Shut up and help. Um, as y'all know, we have been, um, so I think seven days of talking about Minneapolis, talking about Minnesota, uh, talking about the, the ins and outs. And I wanted to go a little bit, you know what's crazy is I, what I love about this is that these people keep on giving me the opportunity um, to put them out here, you know, and it, so today, uh, you know, we're gonna be talking about Congressional District 5. Um, that is up for election and it's over the weekend, you know, Miss, Miss Ilan Omar, uh, who is a Democrat. She is a, a Somali, um, born, uh, she is a somebody that came over here as an asylum seeker or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but I know she was in them little camps or whatever, um, uh, but I wanted to talk about it because of the simple fact of over over the weekend, uh, Miss Omar was at an event uh, for Somali Americans and spoke some things. Uh, and this is the thing that really bugged me about it was the fact that I've seen two different videos and they both give different descriptions of what she said. She didn't speak in English. Um, she spoke in their, her native language. Um, so there, right there, it already leaves the door open for misinformation because of the simple fact of you have people that are deciphering it differently. And, you know, I'm going to try to find that video uh, real quick because I do have it on. I had something already I wanted to show that happened yesterday, but, um, and just um, remember, uh, Luger didn't investigate Omar before. He actually sent her a letter saying they weren't about that stuff that came up. So about the citizenship or whatever, or when she came over, right. whatever. yeah, Luger was like, when it came up during when she was running, Luger was the one that was like, yeah, we're not going to look into that at all. I just think it's funny. Cause Luger's back in office up here. 
Right, and and that's what's I, I was crazy. And Luger is is involved in so much that uh, when it comes to with you know with the Jones Day with you know with these Ricos, um, especially these Ricos, because he's really been all over the place with the highs and the lows. And let's see where is that? It's like. The seven minute video, and I gotta. It was like, oh, here, I guess I did find it. I did find it. So, do I got okay? I am sure. Turn the screen. So, this video. dat walala ah somalihiin inay muslimi oo iyaguna isku hiliya dadka walala hoon u hiliya marka daraad marki aan ayaan dhaxdaas marki aan maqalnay in qaar somali ay amaali sheegato in in etopia ay la galeen agreement hashis hashis mahmud nur ahad aniga somaliga badiiso and uh, Anti Aniga and Congress Jogo. What then Kasomali, Behead, that Kalete, but there that Kalamakadanaya? What then Kamarekan Kanukumatagira, that Kalete in Anaga in the Aunt? Markataska Sehda, Rare Minnesota, Gabati Congress Audur Satan, where Idinka were his see that Idinka Udreme seen, then Tasa Udreme. Madahuena Hassan Sheik. Somalia, <laughs> Marka, Wuhan, where Minnesota is Somali, the Melkas Kunol, Adelkia had the Murdoka had lie. I think I can believe in I see that with the school with the Juvent he see that at Kuligin who grab stacked but we in him because we behind you in Kuligin and grab stacked no Somalia was Somali, Somalia was Hal, Walalan was on the Somalia, 
سبحان هاي دت استجعل ولا جي أبا ملها خاركود ينا اسكو حك حجنا لكن هذه رنتي أي إمام سبحان هاي دت اسكو تشتوب دت ولا لا أح دت بيك له دت اسكو أوك إني سوماليين إني مسلمين أو يعني اسكو هيليا دت ولا لا هون أهيليا كدرات مركان أيام تحداس مركان بقلني إن قار سومالي يا أما سومالي شجعته إن إن إثيوبيا أي لجلان إن ما بقان في سومالي في لوجوه agreement هشيز هشيز محمود نور هذا أنا كسومالي كبدي سأم معها وأنا أقول لكم أن المريكان يقولون 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 أن انتي انا ان كونغرس جوغو وطنك صومالي بيهيد دتكالات اي بدير دتكال مقادن عيا وطنك مريكن كانو كومت هاجيرا يدتكالات ان انا جاينا دعان مركا تاسكا سيحدا رير مينيسوتو جابتي كونغرس اودرستان وإذنك ورحيسا سيدات إذنك ادريمي سين دنتاس اي ادريمي ماذا حوينا حسن شيقنا وحنلاقي هاي وانقفر حسننا هاي شقذ في عن أتخبطي إن دتك الصومالية يدتك ملك استكونال أدرينسيسي سكست أنا جان أودي بمن هاي الصومالية هدي أن هاي وحن هاي دتك كرتله دت وطن كوري أقنصن دت وطن كوري أن ويلجود خل دينجر لجن كلين كريم مركا وحن غير من الصوت يسومالي للملك استقنال أذكر يا هذا مردوك هاللاي إذا كذا هم بليين على سيدا I wanted to I'm not gonna play the rest of it because as you see both videos are are similar just different are the same video just different uh subtitles uh captions and for me I found that as an issue because I found two different so one being somebody that agrees um with her politically doesn't so it's it's misleading when they do it in another language and we can't i don't know i can't understand what she's saying um the first and, one seems to be more accurate a little bit yes um yeah and see that's where you know what's crazy because I thought the same thing because, I, you know, when you look at the, the the video where you know it says that she was ridiculing herself, uh, in the way that you know her the the crowd laughed or you know I know that there's ways that they can do sit the videos and you know audio, or whatever, but it just seemed like when you looked at the subtitles and then you look at her body language, it seemed like the subtitles with the first video seem more in sync with her her body language and the way that her face was and 
there's words that don't translate properly over between languages sometimes and how she had to stop and like try to figure out uh how to say memorandum of understanding and in, in uh the Somali uh-huh. language you know what i mean it, it makes sense i didn't mean to cut you off there i'm sorry no you're good no you're good i, I, and if I was trying to think of what i was trying to say if people don't know where somaliland is i can pull up a map here in a second okay uh it's it's part of somalia that broke off during one of the wars over there the cia has been over there since the late 70s at a bare minimum if not earlier because of its location you know and they've had a lot of civil war constantly basically since then um in part thanks to the cia You know, and I don't even honestly could care less about Omar or, you know, Don Samuels. I just want to put it out there <laughs> for people to just see that it's this isn't as easy as this shit's going to be because I'm going to tell you right now, and this is the, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up was today was a simple fact. I was in a space last night and I was just listening and Reverend Tim Christopher uh well, speaking, they were speaking about Omar and, and Samuels and, you know, of how can, you know, Republicans come in and take over. And it's like, do these people not understand? And and see, this is my thing of it is where I feel like people are uninformed. Because when you look at history, the last time anybody with the R as a Republican in Minneapolis or even Chicago some of these bigger inner city areas, it's been years, decades. So I don't think it's going to be, you're not going to fear monger these people because first of all, black people don't vote like that. Let's, let's, let, let's be honest. We do not vote like that. You look at the voter rolls in ward four and five, two of the pred- biggest predominantly black areas in, many, in, in Minneapolis. And you look at how many voters we don't vote. We're uninformed. They even give us opportunities to go vote, and we still don't. I, I want to see how much that changes this year because of the, the, the felonies or the uh, uh, felons can vote this year. So I really want to see how much that does that do anything because I honestly don't think it's going to do much. If anything, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be hard to get people to vote red when they've already got it in their minds that uh, they're being, um, they are being uh, oppressed by the Republican party. And, And that's the way that we've been fed our whole lives. So I really honestly don't see it how, I don't care if the uh, immigration is taking over the inner cities. I still do not see enough organization enough strategizing enough education to these areas because descending on chicago at the democratic national convention smells like a setup to me and i'm going to tell you why history repeats itself because if people don't remember the chicago seven y'all are dumb as hell the same reasons why these people are going there descending on Chicago are the same reasons of why they descended on Chicago for the Democratic National Convention and we ended up with the Chicago 7. 
you don't think Brandon Johnson isn't going to prepare get the same thing that I think I'm trying to think who the mayor was because I was just reading that shit. It wasn't daily yet. I have to dig it up, but I'll let Robert show what he's about to show. And I'm going to show you guys of that the history because I have it up and, and showing you that we're not getting anywhere when it comes to switching to a, a, a party. Because that ain't something that's going to happen in one election cycle. It ain't even two election cycles. Because if we were literally going to do that, we should have been, y'all should have been out here in 2020 doing that shit. And they y'all weren't because most of them people were behind Biden, Dom, uh, uh, shit. Even I was, I was behind Biden in 2020 because I was misled. So I want people to understand that. This ain't no overnight fix. I'm a quick brand. Go ahead, Rob. Well, you know, you're, you're right on with that. But the problem is that the Republicans have done just as poor of a job in the CIA behind most of the presidents since JFK. Okay. I mean, like Reagan was uh, a CIA op for the Screen Actors Guild. Bush and his dad ran uh, CIA stuff. Uh, you know, I ran Contra and involved them going through Mena, Arkansas, where uh, Governor Clinton's brother was uh, waist deep in cocaine. Obama worked for uh, BCI, which was a CIA front, and he worked there with Orville Freeman. I mean, you can go, you can go down the list. Carter was was uh, bragging up BCCI. I mean, you you know, it's all just one big sham, and we're the ones that gets played. The politicians are going to lie to you to be able to get into office and then do what's best for them. That's what they do. That's how they come out with millions of dollars going into these positions without that. exactly and that's what what really trips me out too is people you know i i sit there and i remember having a conversation with uh lisa clemens and it was about bobby champion i'm like dude is so crooked i don't understand how he keeps on winning and she's like well first of all the community loves bobby and second of all nobody's dumb enough to run up against him and i'm like that's crazy as hell so you mean a motherfucker can just continue doing what they do even though it's to the detriment of our community and still continue but see but that's the thing of it is it's detriment to our community but the people that he has for him it's not detrimental to them that's the key part that people and that's why the whole gatekeeping thing you look at all of these gatekeepers minneapolis chicago wherever it is rochester they have the same thing in almost every community though and a lot of times it's people of their own class that take care to take advantage of their own class or their own people you know like the irish that was the thing with the, like the irish mobs and the stuff like that is before the mobs got real big is that they were taking they were taking they were robbing in their own hood you know what i mean so you had like the german hood you had the irish hood they were all separated out by their ethnicity because they spoke the same language had the same culture that type of thing but that's who they'd rob you know they'd rob the people in their own neighborhood until uh who was uh rothstein arnold rothstein uh was a jewish mobster from kosher nostra and he's the one that got them all together but anyway all i'm saying is like yeah that it 
it happens like that. It's sad, but that's life. That's how it's always been. You want to toss up that screen share real quick? I just wanted to give people an idea of what's going on over there and what the area is. Okay. So Somaliland is originally part of Somalia. It broke off from the Civil War. Ethiopia is landlocked. Okay. Somaliland and Djibouti. Djibouti, we have a huge base there. We have bases in Ethiopia. We've done a lot around that, that area right there. Okay. Ethiopia is trying to do a deal with Somaliland to be able to access the sea. And Somalia doesn't want that because there's been problems in the past between those two groups. Does that make sense? So she was trying to, from what she was saying, it seems like she was trying to rally the Somalians to be one group of people. And they're not going to let that happen because they need to take care of each other. Which, that's what she got elected for by them. You know what I mean? Um, is to do that. It's 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 not like America really has an interest over there, and even if we did, the CIA is probably doing the opposite of what they should be doing, and they're probably radicalizing some people for a, a terrorist attack, and then in, in, quote unquote in the middle. That's what they do, you know. Um, <laughs> the CIA is real good at that. Again, out of Djibouti, we have plenty of ops that fly out of there. And that's what's. I, I just want people to to see it, and I'm not. I'm not telling you to believe me. I'm not telling you. All I'm asking you to do is to do your research. Go look for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody knows how to do puzzles. Everybody knows how to to play the uh, right or wrong game. Now, I'm just putting the information out there. We're just putting the information out here for y'all to see and to come up with your own conclusion. Not the conclusion that they show you, they tell you, but that you can see and you can confront them when you're hearing lies, when you're hearing things that are wrong and you and then understand why. Because these people are paid, they're selected. They're selected. I want to get into... Um, a little bit about Don Samuels. Um, first, I wanted I wanted to play this clip uh, from last night, and it's uh, Reverend Tim Christopher on News Totter or something. I don't know what it's called. News. It's on Twitter. News Totter. But just listen to what Rev's saying. I can't raise my hand. Okay, okay. I didn't know you was okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you up. I'll get you as one of the new speakers too. Uh, go ahead, Reverend Tim. Did something happen? Did something happen to the audio? You speak Republican around black folks, um, they will, they will shut you. Can you hear uh, now? Big time. 
So yeah, we're good. Pretty much why it's where he's asked. He's going to run again. Um, he's he's been on the city council. He's done a lot. He's sued the police department, sued the city because they didn't have enough police department. So that pissed a lot of people off. Um, Dunn's rubbed a few people in the administration the wrong way because, you know, he's in the bull of the China shop. Uh, Don really take any mess. So they're going to do everything they possibly can do to make sure Don is not uh, in the election. And I hope you say, Tell me he 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 lying because he definitely ain't. <laughs> he, you do not want to be a Republican in the state of Minnesota. You're not going to get anywhere. And and I've literally, you know, what's crazy is I remember after George Floyd happened. You know, you had a, an election. It was that year, 2020, and it was Lacey Johnson and. <laughs> And uh, Omar, but the money that Lacey pulled in, because Omar only pulled in like I think it was like eight million that year, but Lacey almost got twenty. He had pulled in twenty million. And, but here, see, here's the thing: he really didn't pull in twenty million, right? Because he had lobbyists out here made a deal with a lobbyist company, so he only got thirty percent of that. And they got 70. He made a 30-70 deal. So all that did, he got 30%. So basically, he got the same amount of money that, oh, I don't think he did that. Because it was, it, it's just insane how they tell you that, oh, we need this money to do this. We need this money to do that. No, money doesn't always win elections. And I realized that when the Republicans put all that, well, they said they put all that money into Lacey, even though Lacey was their yuppie boy, their yes boy, it still didn't get nowhere. Even with Don Samuels, even though he's a Democrat and they'll say that he's a Republican, that man ain't no damn Republican. Well, until enough uh, Somalis understand that they can have their own voice and they don't need to have a gatekeeper, namely Bassem Sabri and Ilhan Omar. Oh. 
right. they're going to be stuck where they're at because of the ballot harvesting and that. I have a couple of articles I'll, I'll pull up when I get back upstairs on that. Um, but as far as Don switching, is he a GOP now? No, I, he's still running. From my understanding, he's a Democrat. He's still running as a Democrat, from my understanding, because I think that, that they know the only way to beat her is in the primary. You, that's the only way to take her out is with another Democrat. That's somebody that is seen as a Democrat. That's the only way. You're not going to beat her in the in the uh, in the general. November. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to beat her in the general, but you got a chance to beat her in the primary. It all Just depends like on how much APAC gets behind it, though, because like if with her statements about Hamas, APAC's real powerful up here in Minnesota. You know well, what I mean? Are, the Jewish lobby has a big influence. In the primary, that's why, you know, I said, I told people in Minneapolis to, because from my understanding, I was being told that VTOL was going to run against Omar. Um, and that, you know, she was in talks with APAC. Now, APAC said they weren't going to get behind Samuels, and that's why they were going to get behind VTOL if she ran. I don't, I don't know. I, I really... Because even Samuels has made some weird ass statements too, but I think they would honestly, um, probably maybe. You also got to look at J Street supporting J Street's another pack from up here. They're not okay. as far left as Jewish Voice for Peace. They're sort of like yeah. in the middle, um, okay. but some of them secretly seem to be pro one state, just Israel, um, from the river to the sea. But not all of them. Uh, that's that's what the pack that Luger is a part of, uh, but they're really influential up here. Um, and I'm not sure how much of that is controlled opposition. Like, oh yeah, we're going to pretend to be in the middle, but I was going to leave that there. Oh right, no, and I, I that's the one thing that I I I because they are going to put some money behind somebody, but who is it going to be? Is it going to be Samuels? Is it going to be somebody that? Um. I think there's enough opposition to Samuels because he's not for me. It's about who is good for who's got their the best intentions for my community. And I don't feel neither one of them, even the other guy that I've seen somebody tag me in. Uh, I think it was Royce White put him out there. Uh, Myers or I don't fucking know what his name is. You've got to remember about the the. How, how well Luger does as far as a political machine here in Minnesota because like he hosted Hillary at his house for fundraisers he's done the same thing for Klobuchar and that so I mean I'm just saying like you really got to watch those moves that he makes if he throws his weight behind somebody because uh, that that will make a big difference just because of that name up here his wife was part of the Minneapolis or Honeywell Foundation and the General Mills all that jazz uh, their, their sister runs uh, legal counsel for Cargill. You can go down the list. And I don't think, but see, but you know, it's crazy though, Robert, because I guarantee it the same way that this shit is in Minneapolis and in Minnesota, it's the same way in Chicago. So I don't understand how people think that. Uh, and, and I'll tell you right now, the Republican candidates that I've seen, that are running, and I've heard them in some of these Twitter spaces, there ain't no way in hell I would vote for them. People are, 
I feel are detached from reality at this point. Literally detached. In my in my opinion, the GOP's gotten way too far away from the Constitution. Both parties are about restricting your rights in favor of some group. And it just matters which group that is. And, you know, I know uh, our rights shouldn't be restricted. You know what I mean? Freedom to have the voluntary association and that. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty old school when it comes to that stuff. Like, do you get the Constitution? Yeah, you get the Constitution, too. But so do I, you know, like, that's that's all. all. Right. <laughs> no, and that's what it. it I I be pondering on because of the simple fact of like I was I got an email um <laughs> this should be frustrating me but uh, I got an email uh just yesterday about a a work group that I have I've been a part of for a while and They want to end, uh, they want to write a new amendment to end this uh, involuntary servitude in Minnesota of our Constitution. And come to find out, I, I was told different things, and come to find out, I was told a, a little lie. Well, I believe it was a little lie to me, myself, because we have the, the trifecta, we have the governor. We got the Senate, we got the House. This bill has bipartisan support, both sides, to get this off our Minnesota Constitution. And yet, it isn't brought to the floor for debate. It won't be because there's a reason for that, okay? You got to realize a lot of the rural counties that have these bigger prisons in there, that that's what keeps the county going in those contracts. It's also about the contracts and who gets what contract. If they've had those, if, especially if they've had those contracts for quite a few years for their company, guess what? They have a lot of pull in those counties. And that's, that, but I wanted to go that direction, but see, I want to go another direction because from my understanding, I'm being told is that the, the speaker Melissa Hortman is the one that wouldn't bring it to the floor for debate. It was in the rules, so it passed judiciary, it passed the public safety committee, it passed ju judiciary, and then stalled at the rules. I looked over at all this yesterday. I even reached out to some um, Republican senators and I asked, you know, questions. And I'm like, damn, if this had bipartisan support, why didn't this go anywhere? And from what I was told, it was the speaker. And that is Melissa Hortman. So it's like, but yet we have all this other legislation. And honestly, that's not even for something. All they need to do is to do the wording and bring it to the voters and let us decide. And let us decide. So, I mean, that decision was already made behind closed doors. They were only going to let it get so far for show. Uh, right. And that's what I believe, too. And that's why 
I want answers because at the end of the day, they're doing all these other things, but yet we're not doing something that can definitely help people right now. So what I have up on the screen right now, uh, this is not my words, okay? This is from a website. I downloaded the PDF of it. Uh, I'll give you the reference down at the bottom, but it's about the connections between uh, George Floyd and Omar and the Mexican Sonola cartel. And that's from uh, the El Nuevo Rodeo uh, that Basim Sabri was a part of. Okay. And Basim Sabri right here is the connection to Hamas. <laughs> so it just goes through how that place was also involved with the uh, cartel. And uh, you guys can read that on your own. I'll just leave it right here at the bottom. Uh, We'll get that link put in as well a little bit later. Um, but I just wanted to show you guys. You now, this is just probably a blogger. Definitely you always go do your own research. But, uh, yeah, there's there's more behind that. And there's quite a few people that have talked about it. But uh, Don is just as interesting with some of his comments. Um, you want to pull up the Wikipedia page and we can go through some of that stuff about Don? Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, but I'll pull it up right now. Uh, here goes Wikipedia. Share this screen. That's the wrongful death. So you have let me blow it up a little bit don samuels is an american politician and activist who served as a member of the minneapolis city council from 2003 to 2014 a member of the democratic party Samuels came to national attention as a candidate for the DFL nomination for Minnesota's 5th Congressional District, for which he placed an unexpectedly close second incumbent, Elon Omar, in the 2022 primary. While he represented Ward 3, and then in 2005, redistricting led Samuels' home becoming part of the city's Ward 5. That is where Ellison is right now, War 5. Um, now, here's the, the interesting part. So in 2007, now, he was a city council member to 2014. So he still had seven years left. He still got elected again. Uh, and that 2007, Samuels declared, I've said burn North High School down, referring to North Community High School. His comments drew criticism from Nick Coleman and others. Samuel argued his comments were trying to raise issues about undereducation to Black youth by Minneapolis Public Schools. <laughs> uh, he briefly campaigned for Hennepin County Commissioner in 2012. Samuel supported public financing for the new Minnesota Vikings Stadium, U.S. Bank. Uh, Samuels also ran for mayor. As a Democrat, he drew do donations and support 
from several Republican politicians despite there still being an endorsed Republican candidate for mayor. Samuels did not run for re-election at city council so he could run for mayor. Performed strongest in his North Minneapolis Ward 5 where he outpolled all other candidates, including eventual winner Betsy Hodges. Samuel's term ended January 6th when his successor, Blug Yang, was sworn to damn. I ain't even never heard of that one. Oh, I didn't even know he even served in the. the how, that's crazy as hell how that man. Yeah, Minneapolis is crazy as hell. So he, he is also somebody that sued Minneapolis City Council and the mayor in 2020, uh, allegedly alleging they did not hire enough police officers as required by the city charter, which that is true. Um, a public safety charter amendment was presented to Minneapolis voters. Samuels was active in a successful campaign to defeat the amendment. And I, if, I, if I'm correct, I think Omar was for that was for uh, ballot question number two. Damn, was defeated by Omar. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the crazy part of it is he didn't lose that bad in the primary because people still wanted him to run even in the general. And he ain't no, but he's he'd be tripping me out though because I'm going to read you this part. So Samuels moved to the United States at the age of 20 after growing up in Jamaica. Prior to being involved in politics, he worked as a toy designer. In 2005, Samuels commented that his family was descended from house slaves rather than field slaves. Samuel lives in North Minneapolis. Samuels and his wife, Sandra, took a group of neighbor, neighbor kids to Boom Island Park in 2020. While at the park, the kids waded into the water and one child was swept away and drowned. Sandra Samuels Insurance Company paid out a wrongful death settlement of 301000 as a part of the child's death. After being criticized for his role in the child's death, Don Samuels tweeted, can't swim but can govern, a tweet he later deleted and apologized for. Um, that really, really tripped me out when he... uh when he said all of that and that's what what really really bothered me and i know that a lot of that stuff that you know people can take out of context and use in their own um in their own way but for me i just feel like you know why say that thing there was a child lost and for you to say that can't swim but can govern that's to me like you really don't you didn't care about that child you didn't you couldn't care less um like you have no empathy no sympathy no, no kind of compassion and that's the type of people that i feel we deal with when it comes to these these politicians and it's like i want somebody that can be able to understand what i'm going through uh and not just be like, oh, you know, I've been there. No, I want you to be there now. And we don't, I don't see that with none of our politicians, with Vita, with Ellison, with, with Frey, Fry, however the hell you say his name, uh, with none of our, uh, our leaders, because they forgot where they came from. 
And and first of all, Samuels ain't even an American. He's a Jamaican. And I get tired of it, and he wants to call himself a black American, too. That's what trips me out. Talking about he descended from house slaves. He's the one that put the trope out there, man. He's the one that did Right. He just that just is like ear like frustrating though, because like right there, he just declares himself that oh, since my family was house slaves, we're better than you field negroes. Why would he say I mean like in what realm of the imagination would somebody say that? I I want to know how it even came up. Like how was the how was he even questioned? Like for him to say, well, my family descended from house slaves. And not fields. But we're a bit different from Massa. I'll see if I can find that for tomorrow's show. Yeah, because I could I could only imagine of what the hell he was thinking, or even what people were thinking when he said that shit, because it was like, damn, what do you mean? So how do you if you came from Jamaica, how do you even know that you're you weren't slaves over here? So I had to, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's a whole nother experience. And just realize that the house seats are every two years they're elected, so they're basically constantly campaigning. They right, basically right. never stop um, because of how quickly those seats turn over. Um, and if the community actually put forth their own candidate and got behind their own candidate, I'm pretty sure that it would be doable. But the problem is, is everybody's bought off and they're too afraid. The, the community members are too afraid to, to realize their own power. And I'm not saying that in the mean way, but re- realize I've, I've met plenty of smart people up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, you know what I mean? Like you guys can put up your own, your own people that aren't crazy to the left or crazy to the right, but that are, you know what I mean for for the people and for constitutional rights and doing the right thing and you know what I mean. You can go down the list. Do we need to spend some spending on infrastructure? Yeah, probably. Do we need as much as we are? We should probably watch how we're doing it. The government loves to waste money. You know, uh, right. it's not about spending the money. It's where's that money doing and is it actually going to the places it needs to go? It's like with homelessness and whatever else, people are don't have a problem with people not being homeless and, and helping them out. But um, the, only, the only problem becomes is that when you're spending millions and millions of dollars every five years saying, we're going to abolish homelessness, and you never do. Because if you fixed it, you wouldn't get the money. <laughs> he don't even look like a black American. He looked he look Jamaican. My biggest thing again isn't even about that. It's uh, the whole. Uh, for I know for you it is because I mean right, having right, people right. from outside the community to speak here and outside the state. You know what I mean? Yeah, people right. come from outside the state to speak for for the communities up here. And they get elected into office, and it's like, what about the people from up here? Can they not have a voice? You know, right? And that's the whole part that really tripped me out because I wanted to put an amendment or write something to our constitution where when it came to being elected official, you got to be 
some kind of historical part of Minnesota, man, because are from this area. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we have so many people that are in office now that are elected that aren't born and raised. Now you go out to the rural areas, yes. But now you go to the inner, like the the the, the suburban and you know, many like the bigger areas, then people ain't even from here. And that confuses the hell out of me of, I look at like Mayor Frey, Fry, whatever the hell his name is. He from Boston, Massachusetts. He was he here on a, a marathon and decided to stay. Is that the whole reason why he ended up coming out here as a damn marathon? Yeah, he liked it. And, and I guess he, he dated a few girls from the marathon scene and he liked the girls from Minnesota. And so and he ended up. Oh, you know, wow. Yeah, that, that's crazy because I know he ran for, he was on the city council. I've tracked him a little bit, but I know, I've seen where his starting roots came from. And then you look at most Wansley, she ain't from here. Shagtai ain't from here. Ellison, I think is. I think he, I give yeah, he might have been. No, I'll give it to him because his mom from here, Kim. But then you look at Payne, he's not from here. Koski, I don't think is from here. I think Cashman is. I knew Audrin isn't the new one. So it's like we got all of these people. Rainville, I think, I believe is from here. But everybody else is it, from other states. It's not that people from that live here from other states shouldn't have a voice, that live here from other countries shouldn't have a voice. It's just that that voice can't be outshadowing those that have already been here and been through, you know, and, and don't, don't even have a clue. I mean, like Frey, when he first got here, probably didn't even have a clue about the history of Minnesota. You know, he's heard about and the I, good stuff, but not the bad, the bad. Right. And I think that's where it bugs me is because you have so many people that are elected that come here and don't know the history and they know the good parts of it. But they don't know the bad. It's even like with, with uh, Chief O'Hara. You know, he's got all these people already that around him. And it's like, dude, I, I, because I did a lot of research in O'Hara and the relationships that he has with some of these, these violence interruption groups. And I just look at him now like, this is not the, the, the man that I envisioned and, and heard great things about and how he, wanted to transform, you know, communities and shit. And it's like this dude went into being like he was from here and and, and was wanted to be a part of the crew, wanted to be on the inside because he hasn't done shit. And I just went on a rant. My bad. I do that, though. But, yeah, even what – but it's like to go Republican, I, I just don't see it. I don't see going red, period. I think we need to go for we the people. The Republicans in Minnesota have gone too far to their right. And then you have the occasional switchover like Norm Coleman was when he was a switchover from the Democratic Party. And that's how that's how Jesse got elected. People were tired of the, right. the spending spree of the Dems and Coleman switched over. They like they chose him over Quist at the state convention. Quist was electable. But they said that Norm was more electable, even though he only had two points of the party platform. The party used to be pretty, like, 
center for people's rights in that. And after 9-11, it started moving more right. And then like now they're so far to the right. But they're not even to the right, dude. Because like, these are the suburbanites, most of them, that will still put into place ordinances to how how tall your grass can be and you can't have a front yard garden and all that crap. So they're like pseudo pseudo Republicans. They want to be Republican, but Minnesota's so liberal. They're like, yeah, I'll be Republican on this stuff and liberal on this stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, people don't know the history of communism out of Milwaukee. We had the first, uh, was it municipal plumbing and, and uh, for sewage and water city parks and kids sports. I'm not saying it's all good, but, there are some good things they've given us. I like to poop inside, you know. Right, right. So, I, I don't know if you guys can see this, but this is the Chicago City Council. And I want you guys to look at this. I guess this is a better one. You see they have 50 aldermen, 50 wards. What do you see? Democrats. 47 seats, three independents. Damn, what do you what what do you see up here? You know what I don't see up here? You see any red? Because I see a sea of blue. Democrat, 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 Democrat. It's been a sea of blue for a long time. That the sea of blue does nothing for you. Nope. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand. And they just had an election. So their next one isn't even to 2027. So they got to deal with that bullshit they got going on for another. I don't know years. about Chicago, but I know in Illinois in general, they're corrupt as hell. I mean, oh, uh, see, that's, that's what. Oh, that's, that's the crazy thing of it is that came up because when I started looking at Chicago, that's the one thing that they said that about the all the corruption in the Chicago area that had been going on for years. Oh, yeah. And you got to realize that the FBI got in bed with the mob and so did the CIA because um, their thing was is that like they would allow the mob to do certain things that they kept the crime down. So the, the mob, when the mob ruled the cities, you had no crime out on the street. Yeah, you, you had your brothels and whatever else, but it wasn't out on the street. People didn't see it. And uh, so they let them basically do whatever they wanted. That ties into Minnesota because, I mean, Capone used to come out here and hide out at the Wabasha Street Caves, and you go down the list. They, they went up to St. Cloud and... Got some of that Minnesota 13 up there. And <laughs> so that corruption from Chicago bled over up here. Heck yeah, man. They used to come hide out all over here. Almost every small town along the Minnesota River or, or Mississippi River had a brewery and they would hide, hide mobsters there too. Um, that's, that's how a lot of Minnesota made its money during the Prohibition. The Volstead Act was very good for Minnesota. Right. All people got to do is just look up, look, look in history, look it up, because everything that we're we're talking about when it comes to the, you know, these connections, the drugs, the the, the legislation, the prohibition, all of that, it, it, it's stuff that you can literally 
look up because I'll tell you right now, there is plenty of stories out there about when Capone was here. Or it was crazy because I um, was just having a conversation the other day with a, a, a person at work. And he's older than me. And I just said, you know, you ever heard of Princeton, Minnesota? And he was like, you talking about the Miami and Minnesota? And I, I said, Casey Ramirez, huh? He was like, that's crazy of how you hear about Princeton, Minnesota. You bring up Princeton, Minnesota. And the first thing that he brought up was the Miami and Minnesota. And I just started cracking up because I didn't realize how much the older generation, like people that were older than me, um, had even, they might not know the whole story, but they had at least had heard about, you know, the whole thing that was going on in Princeton. And Oh, it's an open secret. Everybody knew about it. Yeah. Like I was at the smoke shop when I was listening to your episode when you were doing that. And, uh, I was, I was picking up some tubes to roll my own smokes. And, uh, the, the guy behind me was like, Hey, that's, that's about Princeton. He's like, Oh, is that about the drug dealing up there? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, everybody knows about it, man. It's not like it's a, a secret or anything. Just like Minnesota didn't ask, they don't ask questions, right? If you're doing something nice uh, for them, you're not going to ask. They'd be like, hey, that's the reason why Robert Maxwell loved coming up here. Same with Adon Kagashi, you know? <laughs> and and that's what's, what, what, what I really think about is I sit there and I think about like, damn, that Minnesota nice. How about Minnesota gullible? Um. Because, damn, the way that I, I just couldn't imagine of somebody coming in and spending all that money and people not asking questions. Well, you remember the War of 1862, the, the Indian War that happened up here, right? Um, I yeah. sent you some docs, a, a, a thing to send over to Ruth. I'll have to double check. I have them somewhere. Uh, but anyway, there was actually something that I found in a historical record where. They were talking that it was for the gold rush and the, the railroads coming through that they wanted to be able to make money off it. And that was the main reason for the war. So those, the, the Sibley guy and, and those guys that were saying that the, the natives need to eat their grass and own poo um, and failed to make the payments as required. Uh, they did that for a reason. They wanted to set off a war. Right. No, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Um, so if you don't think they're still doing stuff like that to, to the people of Minnesota to get their way for business, <laughs> got something to tell you. You know, the Astors were up here. You got the, the Rockefellers were up here, especially with the mining in that up north. The Carnegies were fighting over that. Um, you got the fur trade that was up here, the milling industry that was up here for timber, for grain. Uh, we were the largest grain place in the in the U.S. as far as the mills go. Um, you, you go down the list. The, the grain cartels that got started out of here, Cargill, Archer's Daniel Midland, you go down the list. I mean, we've been mobbed up for quite a while. This has been an open secret because nobody likes to ask questions. Nobody wants to ask questions. And then if, when you ask too many questions, you're seen as that. Are you asking too many questions? Why do you need to know this? Why do you need to know that? But they love trying to be transparent. Just ask the wrong question. All you got to do is just ask the wrong, ask the right wrong question. 
All you got to do. Well, they what they're trying to do with the 15 minute city stuff is key. Um, I'll, I'll get things together for a show specifically on AI. I know that John Tell is working on some stuff, so I might be able to collaborate with both of y'all. Um, but what it's for, the 15 minute cities, they're trying to push the AI stuff. Right. Before COVID, people were getting really concerned about the 5G. And that was very similar to when they started putting in the high power transmission lines in the 90s, how people were concerned of the EMF coming off of that. And uh, it's not unwarranted because the 5G is in the microwave range. So we're talking about the microwave ranges. You're talking about the military radar ranges as well. You know, it's short distance, high power, but uh, they're... They're trying to track you, and the downtown improvement district already does. If you have a phone and you go down there, they're tracking where you're stopping at. If you're spending money, they're trying to figure out how much you're spending where to get predictive programming on how they can be able to better serve you or manipulate you into spending more down there. Um, but their goal for these 15-minute cities is to, to have just that. But the problem is, and get with the social credit scores, the ESGs, Stuff like that, if you're not doing what the government wants, it'll be like China, where you don't get to go outside. That's their end goal, and they've said as much. So, I mean, these 2040 plans and that, what that's about is trying to set things up for that off the backs of the people that are living there right now. And it's not about freedom. It's about control. No, and Minneapolis is headed right towards that. And people don't even realize it, don't even realize that we're headed to AI policing to um, hmm, technology where cameras are everywhere. And it ain't just Minneapolis, it's not just Chicago, it's not New York, it's everywhere. You're gonna be seeing these cop cities coming up everywhere. Um, Because that shit is big business. And I don't think anybody, any politician um, isn't going to want to do, ever want to do the right thing when doing the right thing isn't going to put money in their pockets. And this uh, is a long game that they're playing, though. So, I mean, even the current politicians may or may not be aware of the full scope of things. And same thing with the current police. What they're trying to do is they've already had the, the technology there for the AI policing. One of the few things that they weren't able to, to do, uh, it was account for the officer's response when they were doing it in Chicago. Right. They could predict the criminals almost 100%. And in order to get the AI, AI policing, you have to get it, the crime so bad that people will want that. Like with what's going on in Hennepin County, if people don't realize, is that the Fed said that they were gonna take over all the adult felony prosecutions, basically for violent offenders. So people are judging Mary for not prosecuting whatever, but Luger's basically said during the Minnesota Heels 2.0 that he was going to be taking over that type of prosecution. Hmm. Thank you for bringing up that point because they it's, that's the whole thing of these people out here misleading people. When you don't have all the information, or they don't want to give you all the information. That's what happens. You have misinformation because I don't see anybody out here talking about 
Minnesota Hills 2.0. I don't see people out here talking about Operation Endeavor. All these so-called task force. One of the officers that they used for that was Adam Lipinski. And I have some documents on him that I really want to show you on from the Rosas case. We'll go through that a different day. But with the Rosas case, it gets real interesting because he lied on the stand about video evidence, coercing witness, uh, doing a legal search, and not reading the rights um, in an attempt to get the witness to turn to BSEI. So, yeah, he probably shouldn't be writing uh, complaints, right? I'm, I'm just saying, or affidavits, just like probably not the guy. He already lied. The federal judge had to yell at him. That, that's the type of thing that they're doing, man. But yeah, you, you're, you're right with the people don't know. I had somebody in my class last night who I guess it works for a department uh, on the west side of the city. I'm not sure exactly where. But uh, he was like, Mary said that, uh, you know, sent out something saying that she's not going to prosecute or they're only going to get probation, whatever. They're going to get right out right away for the offender with the firearm, you know. But I don't think that they realize that it's just that she's not wanting to have the state and federal charges. They're going to have federal charges anyway. See, and I don't think people understand that. And they're not. That's what I'm saying when they're. They're out here giving out all this misinformation and don't it. Cause I'll tell you right now, if you look up Sherburne County, hmm, look how many people are in there right now that are on federal charges. That is 90% of their jail is people in there on fed charges. I ain't never seen that jail with that many fed people. You look in, uh, what is it? Steel. It's, I know it's some county that's by me. It's either Albert Lee or um, Owatonna. Know, it's not Owatonna. Albert Lee or it's in, I think it's in Albert Lee that they have a, where it was supposed to be an ice center. Well, we're a sanctuary state, so we don't need no ice holding center. So what do you think is in there? Federal inmates. This shit is big business and people don't even understand it. This is, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And One of the this- episodes coming up here, we can go over a couple of the cases for people uh, wrongfully uh, accused too. Oh yeah, and convicted. Uh, there's quite a few of them that get interesting. Some of them I'm not gonna say names on, uh, just cause I don't have the permission of the person to say their name, but I can right, say the situation. Right. Say There's the situation. also entrapment that goes on up here, too, mm-hmm. where, like, the DEA will bring drugs to a, a rehab center ran by the D and within contract with the DOC, where they're not supposed to have drugs. The, the DEA has done that. They brought drugs there and then been like, oh, we just gave you the drug." And the people didn't even know that it was in a laundry basket. It was just a laundry basket. Like, yeah, you know, there's stuff like that that happens all the time up here that people don't know about. And like, hey, at some point, people are going to be like, if I'm going to go down for it and get caught, whether or not I did it, then I might as well freaking do it. Right. And 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 you know what? You bring up a a, a a great point of, you know, when we talk about policing, because I'll tell you right now that. I know a situation in Red Wing, Minnesota, where 
uh, a teenager died and was a confidential informant for the police. And they were allowing him, this this kid, to continue to use any old deed and died. And it, it's just sick to me how the police literally got away with it because they could have saved this young man and still arrested the, the person that is sitting in jail right now for this without that young man having to die. And yeah, my bad. Uh, but all because he was poor. He was, wasn't black. He was white. And it just makes me sad to see that we really as people will use to get what we want. And the police didn't have to use that kid like that. They didn't have to use that family like that. Um, so I Undercover hope that when they in Minnesota have been a problem for a long time. I mean, remember the 09 Metro Gang Task Force? And then they yeah. also got in trouble for they did a sting at a rubbing thug and they were getting rubbing thugs. And, and the judge was like, you can't do that. You, you can't, like, bust them for doing something that you did with them. Like, no, you can't have sexual contact if you're busting places like that, dude. Cops can't do that. That's wrong. Right. Nope. And there's a lot of that that's gone on over time. So... I just want people to really do your research today. I want people to go do some research and of the things that we talked about today. Cause I know that, you know, after I was gave, I was given a tip yesterday after the episode. So that will be something that I will be discussing because they said that I left them out, this person out. So, uh, I definitely, it's, out of the things that we were talking about yesterday, they said that I left this person out. So uh, I will be talking about this person that I was sent. And it was crazy because the little things that I did do look up. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that it was missed on, on purpose. And maybe you, as soon as I send you the name Robert, you probably will know it. Um, but I, I overlooked the name and... Um, there's this that's just because there's so many names and there's so many um you know people there's so many different organizations and i've been just going off of what people tell me so like if somebody says hey go look at this person that's what i've been looking you know what i mean so no problem right. we can look and we can we can set up shows where we just go through the documents and then have a bibliography to throw down the bottom for people too that's not a bit that's not a problem However, we need to do better. Please uh, let us know, man. And we have no problem accommodating that. Oh, no. She wasn't saying of like that um, we had like it was on purpose or anything like that. She was just saying like, you're like, don't forget about this person. You know? Oh, no worries. Like, as I'm saying, I love that. That's great. That's how I've got my information, dude. Right. No. So I just and I love when people are. Cause I, to me, like, I, I, I especially thank this person. Um, and I just love the fact because she, this person isn't the only one that has done it. I, you know, I've gotten other messages since last week of people telling me, thank you. Or it's about damn time. Somebody starts, you know, telling this shit. And 
because it is things that need to be not so much exposed because exposed, you can't expose something that already happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't expose it, but what you can do is make awareness around situations. And that's Definitely. what this is about. It's not about De exposing. Definitely, man. Um, and, and you're right on with that. Like I've, when I've gone to North Minneapolis to do things, I keep on running into people that end up like having an in-depth information where when I start talking about the situation that I know about, it's right. right on with what they're saying. And they're, they're, they know who these people are, like the she baby thing. People know right. who that is. And so when, when people are saying, oh no, that's correct. It, it provides a lot more substance to that story. Does that make sense? Right. Or even when you can bring, when you can bring up something in a conversation and the way that the person's body language changes. Because I've had that happen a lot to me when I'll be talking about a situation and I know that this person potentially knows something about it. And then the minute that their face changes, the eyes, the, the, the lip quivers, or they get uncomfortable, start mad. That's the one thing I loved about COVID is all these damn uh video meetings i got to, to watch people to see when they were uncomfortable so i definitely um can told exposed a lot during covid during that because you got to tell a lot about people's facial expressions you got to tell a lot of people about how they were what they would do if they were frustrated what happened when they were uh, uh emotional you got to see all of that and if people yeah. don't realize Minnesota's connections to COVID, we can definitely do an episode on that because I actually have emails. I questioned the U of M about some of their experiments. And I talked to some of the people out at FarmFest about some of the Chimera experiments, which gets real interesting. They were because the U of M was also involved with the manufacture of COVID uh, type vaccines and studies through Fang Lee at the U of M. And the response from Walls in the U of M was, it's not on the watch list, so we're good, basically. We can we can ob observe ourselves. Now, ain't that some shit? Anything you want to leave off with today, Rob? Robert? Just they wanted to have global citizens. Let's give them a global resistance. Liberty and justice for all, freedom for all. We are the strength. We are the people. So we'll be back, same time, same place, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Win or fail, freedom or jail, heaven or hell, wish us well. Y'all have a great one. Very conservative.